Are you sick of all the birds down at Brighton Beach? Are you tired of all those uh, cockney little squirrels flitting around your tree? Try downloading... Wait, I'm British. Try try downloading my app, Minge. <laughs> the British dating app. If you want to get your eel, eel in a little pie... If you'd like, if you'd like to have a gelatin, gelatin cow brain in your little <laughs> mouth, if you'd like a pasty in your in your your jaw, just download. Go to your Google App Store and download Minge, and you can meet the most uh, bird-like women throughout the, the the Commonwealth. If you'd like to meet a New Zealander, if you'd like to meet an Australian, if you'd like to meet a Canadian bird. Download Minge. <laughs> and also, because it's British, we do allow children on the application. You like that, Liz? Would you sign up for Minge? That's awful. I would I never going, do that. I was going crazy with those accents. Did you, did you like that? I, <laughs> yeah, I go, you went all over the map. Yeah. Oh, I snap with accents. <laughs> you, you fully snapped. Been, you can you can tell I've been studying for this episode. You've been doing a little work. You've been doing a little voice work, haven't you? Yeah. Well, it's it's. I mean, you know, I'm a Pixar guy. Mm. First thing I tell people when they meet me, they're like, "I'm a Disney adult." No, I'm a Pixar adult. Wait did did you say that because I told you that I finally saw Ratatouille? No, and oh. no, no. That's a no to both. You didn't. Is that <laughs> a big you. occasion in your life? I told you that I saw Ratatouille, and you were like, "How have you not seen Ratatouille?" I definitely didn't say that because I've never seen Ratatouille. You, You're, yeah, you, you said- had this conversation <laughs> with another person, and now you're pretending. And I know you're going to keep arguing with me. You're pretending it was with me. I, we've never had this conversation. I've never seen Ratatouille, and I would not comment if you had. I would say something polite, like, "Damn, that's crazy." Hello, everyone. Hi, I'm Liz. My name is Ratatouille, star of the Pixar movie Ratatouille. We are joined, of course, here by my little rat friend, Young Chomsky, who is uh, doing his little rat mixing today. And the podcast is called True Anon. Hello. We are Hi. back. Yes. Technically, we've already been back. We done been back, but we're back. We're back. Um, classical, we're back again. Yeah. Meaning <laughs> that we have an episode today that we are making up entirely. No facts here. All oh, yeah. just us lying about historical events. This is called the spin zone. Mm-hmm. Um, no, today we're doing. Let's 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 be a little. Um, well, listen, we had a little break. Yeah, we had a little break, and that was lovely. Mm-hmm. Got some rest. Got a little. You did you get some sleep, phrase? You know, it's funny. I actually went to the optometrist today. I like I told you yeah. guys, they didn't dilate. I was I was already I, dilating when I walked in. Um, that's the joke that you failed. I at, failed to tell you when tell I was me we earlier, earlier, and it wasn't even yeah. a good one. But you know what? I got it now. Um, oh my god! And the lady, I, I I put my little chin in the damn chin rest, and the lady's like, mm-hmm. "What's up? What's wrong with your eyes?" <laughs> and I was like, "What do you mean? What's wrong with my eyes?" <laughs> Wait, She's what? Like, yeah, I, I guess you guys can't see. My eyes are really red. Um, Dude, the I, last I, thing you want to hear from an eye doctor is the first thing. <laughs> the first thing from them is, "What's up with your what's up, eyes? What's up with those eyes?" Um, I guess it's, I guess it's like, what's up with this though? I didn't sleep, um, last night. And so Why? like, uh, you know, um, but, uh, I, I, it's, I, last night was worse than usual, but, uh, I guess I have that shit's bloodshot. Your eyes it, are? Yeah. It's like, Bro, they're like you have red. Eye drops. Why? They make, get this. Uh-huh. No, there's a couple companies out there. Yeah. This sounds like witchcraft. That make little eye drops that actually clear up the redness in your eyes. Does it do anything else? No, that's it. You can use that. Oh, I get the um the kind to get is R O T. Is it? I always want to call it Rothko, but it's not called that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like Rodo or something. They're very chic looking. So all it does is just makes my eyes less red, but it doesn't make me see better. Wait, are you having problems seeing? 
Yeah, that's how I went to the optometrist. Oh my god. Well, that's your glasses, not your eyes. That's what she said. But no, but if if they just take the red out of my eyes, I'm not. That's that sounds like a waste of money. Oh my god. I mean, anyways. Well, at least you get an eye doctor who's not like, hey, what's up with your eyes? Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's yeah. That's fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it's you know, I don't have glaucoma. I want to do a little health check here. Uh, don't have glaucoma. She said that I am. Um, she she said that I should stop looking at people as much. <laughs> like she's like she's like what she's tell she tell, asked me to tell her any problems I've been having. I'm like I just stare at people <laughs> like on the bus and like if I'm eating do, somewhere. You know I do that. You do? Oh, yeah, weird. I'm a stare. It's terrible. I'm I'm a bulger. I bulge I'm an my observer. shit out. I'm always looking and thinking. Yeah. Well, I, what I like to do is I like to I like to look at someone on the bus and then. Tap the person next to me and 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 do like point with my head towards the person. I'm oh yeah, at. sure. Classic. To gaslight move. them a little bit. Yeah. Ugh. Speaking. Well, tra- while tra- we no, were. No, 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 no. Oh wait, no. You go ahead. I had a great segue, but you know what? No, you know you what? I know where you're going, and I like yours better. Okay. Check this shit out. Speaking of gaslighting, I couldn't think of anything else after that. Oh but my We have God. an episode today that deals heavily with this subject. <laughs> terrible we are okay, gonna wait. prove let's do a fake rewind <laughs> yeah i know where you're going with that and i like mine better there we go so while we were gone we missed some new no i didn't i don't have it either. this is even worse than mine <laughs> okay so all right while we were gone you guys have may have maybe heard some stuff about me as you know, I did a celebrated character for about the first year of the show, where I was a guy in his mid-20s who lived in Brooklyn. Uh, I designed furniture. I had a mustache. My actual <laughs> character had had more mutton chop uh, type facial mm. hair, but that's kind of been retconned, yeah. well, as they say, into a yeah, mustache. Yeah, it started a couple years ago. Um, you know, I'm out there. I'm listening to Belle and Sebastian. Um, and... Uh, beach house and uh, you know I'm just I'm out here and I'm I'm getting pussy and that was sort of like the character I did and people people really didn't respond well to it and so I had to retire and like make a bunch of apologies and, and it's crazy because uh, apparently that guy is that guy is real um, <laughs> you manifested him <laughs> I, I'm sorry for this uh, but uh, now there was a there was a big TikTok kerfluffle mm, that happened three words we I'm not gone. fond of hearing no. In any combination, really. Think TikTok hyphenated doesn't that make it kind of one word? I don't yeah, know. No. Okay, I'm getting a, I'm getting an assent from Young Chomsky. It's by curious word. Okay, well, um, goes either way. Curious Belden. I don't know what that response was. So, okay, I know that some of you know where we're going with this, but bear with us because it's it it leads us to a larger point. Okay. We are going to reenact about 45 minutes worth of of TikTok videos right now. Mm. Uh, If you want to skip past that, go to the hour and 37 mark. Um, There's a lot of like kind of white noise that we do in between them to calm people down to. So it it takes more than 45 minutes. But uh, for those of you who (laughs) maybe don't have your damn head in the the tablet all day, uh, there was a little dust up on TikTok involving women. Yes. Uh, okay. So this character that you're talking about, West Elm Caleb, he was the character du jour. Um, really, la- it was like last week. Um, yeah. And walk us through what happened here, Brace. Oh, were you fucking asshole throwing it back to me like that? All right. So I'm going to do uh, female type voices for this too. So bear with me. Okay. So last week. All right, you guys know, I'm always looking at TikToks. You can't get me out of the damn TikToks, right? I'm like, what What did she say? What's he doing? And so I came across a page. <laughs> what, you don't believe me? I came across a page uh, by a woman who, I mean, I'm not even going to name her. And the first name's Mimi, uh, mm. who's a jewelry designer who is speaking in that like a, like insane TikTok parlance. Mm. about uh, a guy that she met named Caleb that like didn't text her back or something. Uh, you know, it uh, basically like their general stupid fucking TikTok video. Yeah, she makes a video where she's like, him, great first date. I like you. Me, second date, him. 
And it's like lip singing to a song, you'll never see me again, double middle fingers, blah, blah, blah. And there's a caption. It's like, this one is dedicated to Caleb. No hard feelings, though. You were too tall. Which, by the way, that's fake. No man is so too true. tall. No, that's actually not true. Most guys are too tall. Um, that's it's actually <laughs> not even women, Kevin Durant is too the, tall. The tall the Holocaust will end. <laughs> fix all of this. Actually, I'm fine. you know that Kevin Durant thinks that he is too tall because he lies about his height to women. Also, what my friend he, saw him on Raya. He's like, I'm 5'9". No, he's, no. <laughs> no uh, Kevin Durant says he's 6'11 instead of 7 feet. Oh, damn. Well, 7 feet is crazy as fuck. I'm 5'3". Yeah. I tell people I'm 5'2". So, all right. All these all these trifling women in the in the comments are like, uh, is this West Elm, Caleb? Uh, and they sort of start commenting back and forth to each other. And it comes to uh, some of their attention that some of them may have been uh, talking to, to the same guy. But the really viral video came from this girl, Kate. And Brace, you spent some time uh, looking at this girl's profile. Oh, yeah. All right. I can do her face to perfection and i will yeah. do it right i know uh, this is gonna be a little bit of dead air but okay yeah that's good that's pretty you got good, the forehead right? angle down oh, yeah, it's like I'm a great. real intense forehead angle so uh, this woman makes a video that's like the most i what i there needs to be like some like study by a government that's administered by people with heavy weapons to figure out why people talk this way on tiktok especially mm. i mean youtube has its own sort of um, you know, way manner of speaking, but TikTok has really perfected it. Who gives this like long sort of video, like, "Hey, girlies, like, there's this guy that I met, blah blah blah." Like talking about how she met this guy named Caleb, went on a couple dates with him, and uh, you know, she sees this other video. She realizes that other people are going on dates with him. She had someone reach out to her that was like, "Oh, I slept with him the day that you went on a date with him." And sort of puts together like a fairly long, very gleeful video about how this guy is like a piece of shit, blah 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 blah. Um, it's done in that sort of like, you know, like jokey but also somewhat hysterical style that a lot yeah. of these people kind of talk like, in. You mean like a maniac? Like a like like a maniac, like somebody who is suffering from mania. Yeah. A uh, key. Mania. Or, hi- yeah, hysteria, the woman's disease. Hysteria. Let's be real. <laughs> I can People say like, it. I'm a woman. Also, I can say women it. get hysterical sometimes. I'm sorry. There's no other. You yeah. Fellas, you know what? With ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody yeah. knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. We're bringing sometimes, hysteria back. Most times we have good reason, though. So Yeah. I'm not saying you, hysteria is always unjustified. I'm just saying it does happen. Yeah. Anyways, she is a recent NYU graduate who is, Oof. quote, on the dating scene with a TikTok about her dating life. Uh, now, her TikTok is like, she's like a dating life influencer, mm-hmm. which is the thing, by the way, yes. apparently. But meaning that like her, you know, her kind of like viral social, social media market is like her talking about her dating life. Yes, absolutely. And like she's yeah. doing, doing, doing like partnered posts with Tinder. Um, I know that is really dark. Uh, all, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they sort of assemble the picture of this, what they're calling a fuck boy, which is a term that I thought would have gone out of style by now. Yeah. They surprise it back. Yeah. It's, it's a very corny word. It's so corny. Yeah. Um, but it has surprising staying power and they mm. sort of, it's like the QR code. It just like came back with a vengeance, even exactly. though everyone decided it was awful. Yes. Yes. And uh, these these women assemble a list of Caleb's crimes, um, which I, putting on my robes and my little wig, mm. will read for you now. Caleb gave many of these hoes the same playlist, uh, featuring Oof. friend of the podcast Zola Jesus, <laughs> um, Ariel Pink, uh, famous uh, McVeigh-style domestic oh terrorist. God. And uh, uh, my friend Arian's uh, band Starfucker. <laughs> really? That's funny. Well, that's he's like just in the band. People finding out they're on Caleb, West Elm Caleb's Spotify list is like when people found out that they were following the like Texas shooter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, got to unfollow, got to unfollow. Um, he promised some of these women he would name a couch after them. Um, that's so funny. Yes, but the thing is, that's actually fucked up because remember Wayfair when people were like, "Why is this cabinet named Samantha?" Oh my god! Is it god. because there's this missing eleven year old named Samantha? 
God. So if this guy named a couch like Liz or something, in 10 years, people will be like, uh, how come this Wayfair couch is named Also, uh, first Liz of all, Franzak? by the way, I have a little experience at companies that are not too dissimilar from West Elm, although a different market. The fucking designer doesn't name the like item that it designs. That's not what happens. So those girls are stupid. They should know yeah. better. That's the line. Caleb doesn't name couches. He copy pasted some of the same text. Mm. Um, and he also is accused of sending unsolicited nudes, but eh, I'm calling bullshit on that. <laughs> Sorry. Don't yeah. believe it. I think you're lying. Yeah. yeah. I think you guys no are all comment. sending nudes to each other. Yeah. Um, Anyways, this, of course, spawns a secondary market of people basically like either making their own videos if they've uh, been, mm. quote, a, some of them a victim of Caleb, um, which means that he stopped uh, texting them after a little bit. Mm. Uh, that is that is that is what what one woman described as her victimizing experience. And uh, and then there's, of course, a secondary market. And then all these terms get thrown around, particularly to ghosting and love bombing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Liz, now, are you familiar with these terms, Brace? Yes. When I served in the United States Air Force in 1969, um, we love bombed Hanoi mercilessly <laughs> oh, during those God. years. Uh, no, uh, so love bombing actually comes from the Moonies. Uh, that is so funny. I know there was the a big Moonies Church. colony by my um, college. Really? Very weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a big Moonies colony uh, where, where my house uh, from ages seven <laughs> to thirty-one. So uh, it's basically where you like blanket someone with like assault someone with love, essentially. Yeah, like you like you just blanket them, blanket them, blanket them, blanket them. I mean, with, like, yeah, I think it's okay. So this is how I understand it, and I think yeah. this is true. It's like people that use this tactic that basically rush to these like very intimate, you know, saying things that are like you know, way too far in advance of what they should be saying. If this was a yeah. real normal relationship, like either saying they, I love you or saying you're, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then the, you know, poor girl being like, but she's, he's telling me he loves me. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, you know? Well, it's also like when you try to rush ahead and like, you know, like the first time you're texting with a woman be like, Hey babe, before you get home tonight, like, could you pick up my like SSRI prescription at Walgreens mm. for me? Yeah. And she's like, what? And we're like, oh, we've been together for seven years. Like, don't you remember? <laughs> then you gaslight that. Yeah, anyways. And ghosting, which is, I guess, when you stop texting someone. Like, out of the blue. Yeah. Ghosting. Mm, that's a big uh, problem. Yeah. But the thing is, it's not a crime. No. I mean, none of these are crimes. But they are social crimes, apparently, to these women. Yes. And so it, it becomes, because they are these social crimes, it gets really, really blown up. And all of these sort of, like, secondary, like I was saying kind of video makers, uh, often also mm. young women of the same kind of like demographic as the people who posted the original stuff, start making these these pretty like breathless TikToks about this guy that's getting everyone together like, and all these women are sort of uniting. And there's this sort of like build up, build up, build up, build up, build up. Uh, at, brands are getting on board. Amazon's commenting on it, um, which God, that's got to be that's it's what did they what did they say what did the brand say well do you see that like i think it's a fake billboard that some other dating app put up um amazon said they really said at the speed of prime to someone named the redhead jewish girl which is oh my god talker. yeah Eddie, it's but- a hellman's mayo posted west elm caleb thinks mayo is spicy yes which is yeah. DoorDash just, was like, he has too many addresses. It's just like a fucking sensation. Yes. And then of course he immediately gets doxxed. People start putting up all of his, you know, personal information. And then people start saying that like he assaulted people, you know, which I it's just sort of like a game Jesus. of telephone. Uh right. try to get him fired from West Elm. I don't really know what there's been no follow-up. He hasn't spoken to the press. West Elm hasn't put out a statement, which is probably pretty good for him. Uh and it became just like this giant explosive thing among especially a certain subsection of people who use the internet. And then, of course, the one of the original, uh, that woman, Kate, who put out a video, puts out another one being like, this has gone way too far. Like, mm. he's a bad guy, but he doesn't deserve to get doxxed. But by that point, the genie's out of the bottle. Yes. But then something strange happened. 
Basically, like everyone came out and the consensus came out that West Elm Caleb TikTok had gone too far. And yes. rather than seeing the kind of like usual uh, think pieces and tweets and and you know all the kind of glitterati of the Twitter media sphere reaction, do 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 reaction spin room on the social media apps, kind of coming out and saying like, yeah, yes, girl, like you take him down, he's a rapist or whatever they say. Yeah, uh, they basically were like, oh my god. This has gone too far. This culture is out of control. And so you had places like BuzzFeed, GQ, Slate, Vice, Vox, even writing posts that were basically like polemics against the excesses of cancel culture, which is so fucking funny because basically a year or two ago, I'd say as recent as a year ago, these are p- places that would publish pieces saying that th- the thing that we call cancel culture doesn't exist, but if it did exist, it would be good. <laughs> so the thing about the thing about this that I think is like I think it makes it difficult to parse for people is that like cancel culture is sort of like a nebulous term, right? Like mm. everyone kind of like you know it when you see it. But I don't think it's actually like truly descriptive although it is like really the only i guess the description that people settled on for like mm-hmm. the way that things operate now i mean yeah. of course you have the actual act of canceling someone sure um which is you know like 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 vox you know stop canceling pe- normal people who go viral um but like what is it in this like what's a normal person no well yeah it's interesting right because it's like what makes west elm caleb a normal person Versus in any other instance of the same sort of kind of internet behavior, I guess. And it's it's fascinating to me because it's like, you know, we have this, this society that I think we're going to talk about where everyone's incentive is kind of to do insane shit or like, which is basically the same thing as like posting really good online in order to like level up socially and now monetarily, right? These are tied together. Yeah. And so... With that incentive, at what point does someone stop being normal and start being kind of like a famous successful person that is also deserving of canceling or whatever this we want to call this like social teardown mechanism that is kind of the popular tool of people advancing or scoring social points? Yeah, I I think at this point, like, you know, I, I noted, too, that like there was a lot more people than usual sort of putting their foot down and being like, this went too far. There was like a smattering, a very small smattering of outlets who kind of covered it in the same way that it was being covered on TikTok. And then the great majority, you know, putting out these sort of samey articles that were like, this has gone too far. Mm -hmm. And like, I think one of the main issues that people have had around talking about this is that like cancel culture, usually like, you know, you have to point to these very specific examples. And then there's sort of a back and forth about those specific examples of like, well, was this person truly canceled? Were they not canceled? Cancel usually itself having like a pretty nebulous meaning can mean Mm -hmm. everything from like losing your job to just a bunch of people getting mad at you on the internet. Yeah. Where I, I think the actual like what we're actually looking at here is way beyond like an instance of like someone digging up an old tweet where you said something mean or like, you know, finding something that you did or videotaping you at like a weird moment or something like that. It's actually like this entire sort of culture of like um, everybody spying on each other and gazing at each other and collecting receipts, which is, which is something that we're, we're going to talk about today. But like, uh, it, you know, it, it it's almost like this, the same old argument about cancel culture. Like it's ridiculous to say that it doesn't exist because like it obviously does. I mean, there's examples of it every day. You can like that it exists. You can like that. I mean, I don't think you should, but you can like some aspects of it, but to deny its existence entirely, I don't even think that like a lot of these outlets can do that anymore because it's just basically become inseparable from everyday usage of the internet. Right. Like it's not something you can pretend isn't happening. And I think what you said, like outside of the internet and what we call real life. I mean, you and I always say, and I want to reiterate this right now, there is no like hard break between the internet and outside world. Like the internet is the world and the world is in the internet. These are all, these are so intensely enmeshed that there's absolutely no point beyond like kind of a weird, you know, I, 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 I don't know, personal like, 
disavow that you're trying to do yeah. if you're saying that this shit is only on the internet and it's not real or something, right? But these social operations should look familiar that you see on the internet because they exist literally everywhere. Like unless you live under a rock, like you're saying, this kind of culture of surveillance and keeping receipts and always like making sure that we are checking up on one another and everyone is kind of, you know, falling in line socially is, I mean, this is the kind of like same convulsive middle-class contagion that that is on social media that you see like in those fucking viral videos of airplanes, like people going insane or the way people talk in grocery aisles or the way the fucking HR department talks to you or like these insane people at school board meetings. Like it's all the fucking same. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you were saying, like for a certain a certain subset of people too, like this is actually a really attractive attractive thing for them, right? Like there are like social and financial rewards. I think I think for a lot of people, sort of the modern or not the modern, but like this, the roots of a lot of like the cancel stuff came out of like Tumblr. Mm. Um, I've never used Tumblr in my life, but um, there is. I do remember there was like a Tumblr that was your fave is problematic. That yeah, was just I like. That. Go down celebrities and like find sometimes the most insane asinine shit that you could ever find. Yeah, totally. Uh, and then of course, like the famous uh, cancel Colbert thing by uh, <laughs> by Sui Park. That's uh, right. But, but the thing is, she was just too early. Like it ruined her life. You know, early like doctors never get the you know never get the gold. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, she she was an early adopter, not a great investor, but you know, no. she had sort of built this like brand on like, you know, social justice aphorisms uh you know, on the internet or whatever, mm -hmm. which you know was is always a pretty marketable. Definitely back then very very marketable. Now it's sort of become too mainstream to you really got to stand out from the pack. Um but uh you know, her whole cancel Colbert thing, like literally saying cancel his show. I think that helped bring the parlance from that. And we actually see that with a few things that we talked about in this episode. Like it was used in the, in the, in the sense of like cancel this show, right. but people started using it to mean like cancel this person. I mean, obviously right. it didn't directly come from her, but I think for a lot of people that's sort of the, the first time that they heard these two concepts kind of connected, uh, this internet outrage thing with the term cancel, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so this entire like this again, this like social operation or this tool, if we want to call it a tool or whatever, has been around for a while, been I think normalized normalized, whatever, like you say, everyone understands to cancel, cancel this, cancel that, what it means. But this kind of tool set has been, I think, in you know, everyone's arsenal for a long time. And so the idea that like this has gone too far, like this one instance, um, you know, I think I agree with you. It's not, you know, it, it, it's not really like this is just how things are. But the real question is like, but why are things like this? Well, I, I think there's a few like technological aspects to it, but also a few social aspects to it. So now, of course, everybody basically has the ability to screenshot like text messages with others, mm. right? We saw that a lot deployed in like the, the Caleb stuff. I mean, frankly, I, I only looked at this stuff for like, the day and the day after it happened a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you but were big, like a, going yeah. nutty though. Because it was fucking insane to me. <laughs> but all these people were like posting his like apology messages and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, it's like, it's like, that is, I think, pretty normal among a lot of people. Like it, it it's, it's like sort of seen as like socially distasteful, but like acceptable to like screenshot someone's text messages to you. Mm -hmm. Or and, DMs. Like, or DMs, yeah. yeah. And the reason that people are doing that is clearly to put them in their back pocket in order to like yeah. harm you later, right? Yeah. Which is Everyone, a crazy like, social impulse. Yeah, we have like we have a society where in certain social groups, I would say a lot, it is absolutely acceptable to just have like folders of blackmail on people you call your close friends. Yes. <laughs> which is completely and totally insane. It's totally bonkers, and you know, for for this for this episode, I was trying to look up like articles about this because I think probably a lot of people listening to this, maybe not everybody, but but I'm sure both of you know that people do this constantly, right? Like 
this is a pretty normal thing to do. It's not like normal as in uh, it is like a thing that a person with like a well-functioning non-neurotic um, personality would do, mm. but it's normal in the fact that it, it happens all the time. But that's yeah. like a pretty crazy change in society over yeah. a pretty short amount of time. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, people have done stuff like this from time immemorial, but like to actually keep like not physical, but digital receipts of like somebody that you maybe are friends with, somebody maybe you're good friends with slipping up or doing something bad in order to deploy that against them later is fucking crazy. Or not even something they've done bad. Just like a conversation that was one like one person to another with the expectation of privacy that is then screenshotted, taken out of context, and you know, can be distributed and redistributed if that person sees fit. I mean, it's a complete and total, like even it's so funny because it's not like I'm not, I mean, I have screenshot text. It's not like I'm saying from my high horse or whatever, but when I say it, when I say the operation out loud like this, even to myself, I'm like, damn, that's fucking crazy, dude. It's really dark. (laughs) I mean, the thing is like, you don't really, I mean, it's, it's also kind of handed to you on a platter, right? Like all of your, like, unless you're using, you know, an app with disappearing, um, that, like signal or something one of those yeah things. yeah yeah i think whatsapp does that too can't uh, escape the screenshot though on yeah, raya chris, that you'll get kicked off though chris delia of very famous example of that well that's why everybody which on is raya why has when two my phones. friend yeah my friend when she saw kevin durant she used her friend to take a video of kd's profile so we could see it that's so you could see he's lying about his height well um, no he's talked about that but yeah <laughs> but you know it's 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 like it's crazy because we're sort of been trained I mean, I, I frankly don't know the exact origins of this, but it seems like pretty, pretty clear that like, you know, having the, never before, unless you're like, uh, you work for like a government agency or something like that, have people had such just complete records of their communications with other people, uh, friends yeah. and enemies alike. And I think for a lot of people, like we, we aren't like necessarily, I mean, this is maybe getting a little out there, but like, I, I don't think that like the human spirit is capable of holding on to that. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a very tempting thing to do something with. Um, yeah. And you see it happen a lot. I mean, this is a little more than West End Caleb, but like oh, Elm Caleb, but you, you see this like occur kind of over and over. And, and the fact that like, you don't even need to screenshot stuff a lot of the times people could, you can just scroll up or search or whatever. Mm. Um, I, I think it's like, it's pretty fucking harmful to the social fabric. Yeah, and it's not just, like, screenshotting conversations. It's, like, fucking, like, screenshotting people's activity, things that they've liked, like, or whatever. The completely innocuous associations, again, taken out of context, that then someone, like, strings together to prove, or will, possibly, if they want to, string together to prove something about someone in their mind. And this is, like, what people keep on their personal, like, digital devices at all times. Yeah, and, and and I think <laughs> about this a lot. Absurd. It's crazy because the, the, these technology companies have built basically these really af- incredibly effective mechanisms and for spying on people, essentially. Yeah, you know, and not and it's for not like the NSA. Yeah, like I mean, they're doing it too, but it's not like it's not them that you should be worried about in your day to day life. It's like people you may have interacted with once or twice, maybe your friends, maybe you know. It's it's and and. Even the fact that I had to talk about it like that shows that like with these applications comes a sort of paranoia that would only be relegated to sort of the furthest fringes of society or, or maybe the most extreme mm. um, you know, political groups in the past is now like a commonplace occurrence in everyday life. Liz, how are you sitting with this? <laughs> I'm not well. I'm unwell. You're unwell? You're I'm not unwell. Being... That's that's your example of this? What? Is you're unwell? <laughs> Why? What was I supposed What do you mean? Well, we're, I, I thought we were going to do like a little therapy speak back and forth. And now Uh-oh. you're just like, I'm unwell. Well, unwell. Let's go with that. I'm unwell, so I need therapy. <laughs> there we go. Well, one thing one thing that all of these people had in common is they sort of couch their language and not just all of these people I'm talking about oh, oh, a much actually wider set of people than just than just these like TikTokers uh is it is a certain like manner of talking a certain slang 
uh, that is called, I think, for kind of for lack of a lack of a better word, uh, therapy speak. Mm. Yeah, think you wrote down a bunch of these concepts: safe space, trauma, gaslight. Oh, everyone's favorite gaslighting. Uh, sitting with something, lived experience, self-care, mindfulness, of course. Yeah, these are, I think therapy speak is right, but it's so hard because you hear them. They're so ubiquitous. And so like in common parlance, literally everywhere that it almost feels like it's, they don't even belong to the realm of therapy anymore. They just are like the way people talk, (laughs) which is horrifying. Yes. Yeah. And, and I feel like it's, it's once I sort of saw it, I can't unsee it now. Cause I already mm. always knew like to a certain extent, haven't been a lot around a lot of left-wing places in my life. This is how a lot of people talk and it's mm. confusing to not only me, but to even like just, just normal people. Um, but it's sort of like replace slang or like it, it is slang for like a certain kind of person, which I'm sure everyone is picturing. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say like a, yeah, like a middle-class person. <laughs> yes. Middle-class and up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's really gained prominence in the past five years. Liz, you, you sort of talked to me before about like AOC is I, like popular, like in large part, I think because of the way she talks. Well, I think that the way she communicates like 100% is like one of her biggest tools as a politician and that she's very effective in like speaking to the class that she speaks to, which is the same one that she comes out of. And they all talk like this. You know, I think that like, yeah, she she kind of deploys the the I I don't know. I think like you saw the way she was talking about the January 6th stuff, right? Yes. And she would like very often kind of grab or like reach for these um kind of linguistic tools, whether talking about like her own personal needs and dealing with the uh-huh. trauma of January 6th or, you know, um, how others were weaponizing certain weaponizing, you know, all this kind of, um, yeah, I don't know how to, it's not exactly mental health, but it's like mental health adjacent. I don't know exactly how to describe it. What would you say? I would say it is uh, basically, yeah, mental health adjacent. I mean, it's, it's therapy speak. It's the, it's the kind of terms, you know, as somebody who has been ordered by various institutions to attend therapy or else uh, I get in trouble. Uh, I am familiar with a lot of these terms. I actually, frankly, I, I've just observed a lot of You're them. You're talking I, about with me. You'll get in trouble with me because yeah, I ordered like, you to go. Liz yeah. gets mad at me. No, no, I go to an <laughs> analyst now uh, who who employs uh, much more esoteric concepts. No, but uh, I, you know, I, I got sent to you know, we did an episode we talked about. I was in a therapy. I mean, that was actually a little different, but they used a lot of, they borrowed a lot of these same concepts. And so I'm like, I'm pretty familiar with them. You know, I think a lot of people um, in the nineties, middle-class people and above started sending their kids to therapy. And, and this is, this is, I know, I know you might slightly disagree. This is like, I think the reason that a lot of things are the way they are now is because people went to like a a little too much therapy. Mm. Like, they maybe talked about their feelings a little too much as a kid, but didn't actually learn how to deal with them. And so now you have just like in everyday life, and and you know people have always borrowed terms from psychology since there was psychology in, in everyday life. Um, but now there are so many of these terms that basically people's conversations and the, the way that they think is peppered with them, which I think breeds a certain kind of neuroses. Yeah, I think too that like this kind, the kind of interest in in and psychology and then psychology getting absorbed into the institutions like as a social science enabled its kind of growth at, into other spheres. And that also like when you, a lot of it gets like concretized in like the universities and in higher education. And most of the people that deploy this language or use it or are of it rather have gone through uh, institutional training, whether it's four years or six years or eight years or whatever. And uh, those textbooks and those teachers were trained in the same language. And you know what I mean? It's like, it's all in yeah. motion. Um, and so we're seeing kind of like the second or third uh, kind of rung of people who've kind of gone through this whole system, I think. Yeah. It's sort of like, it's like stamped enough to where the stamp is like really clear now. It's no longer like a faint, a faint stamp on a generation. Uh, I mean, and, and, and with the nature of sort of these, like this manner of TikTok videos too, there's something very confessional about it. 
And that's like become, I think, a really inseparable from a way that a lot of like both social media and regular media works now is, is it's like, uh, for some reason, like the confession is expected of, of everybody in every way. Mm -hmm. I mean, remember, remember there was that sort of like, it was kind of like a moment of reckoning around. I can't remember if it was like bustle, but a a website like that where like, basically I, maybe it was XO, it was XO Jane, I believe, um, where all these people basically admitted to like being paid to like either make up or fudge like traumas and how that itself was really fucked up because they were expected to make it as a writer in the business to have some really like horrible thing in your life to have happened that you like kind of come to terms with publicly Mm. in order to make it as a writer. And of course that's like the most garish example of it, but it's, it's repeated on social media constantly. Yeah, definitely. Yes. The injunction to like bury your soul is so, is so fascinating, especially when it's um, kind of paired with or contrasted with the sort of um, like libertarian thread of the internet itself, which is so afraid of Big Brother and is constantly like, oh, we have to keep ourselves private. We have to keep ourselves private. Well, at this, and like kind of wanting to create these individual monad walled gardens kind of te- technologically, you know, from these kind of like Snowden types, so afraid of government surveillance, but are also at the ready to divulge their most personal secrets to millions of people that they have deemed like that they don't, they don't worry about any trust or anything like that. And they, you know, it's like, oh, I'll just bear my soul. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. There's this tension in the internet where, where there's a lot of debate and talk about privacy uh, but then, you know, people talk about, oh, we need like Facebook isn't respecting users' privacy or whatever. Twitter, it's like you're TikTok. not respecting private your own exactly. privacy. And you're then, giving and up then, all the goods. And then you talk, you know, and like nobody, the thing is like, I'm not being like, I'm above this and I'm not like this. Like, no, this is actually like the behavior that is sort of the, the, what's socially expected of these apps. And so of mm. course I've fallen into it too. You know, yeah. it's not like, it's not a new, it's not even like you're fucked up for doing this. This is just how things are right now. And it's sort of like hard to see when you're in it. When you take a step back, you're like, Jesus Christ, this is this is a deranged way of communicating with other people. Mm. When kind of like describing um, the evolution of social media, and these different platforms, a lot of times people, you know, you mentioned Tumblr, people point to Tumblr as kind of like a very yeah. uh, early canary in the coal mine yes. <laughs> of like what, what the horrors to come possibly. But people also talk a lot about, and we have on the show, RPG games, yes. which I confess, like I don't actually know that much about. because <laughs> well, uh, Final I'm Fantasy cool. Liz. <laughs> is that is that RPG? I wouldn't see. No idea. RPG. No I said RPG. No, you did. Yes, I did. Um, but my understanding is that a lot of kind of early internet, like or not early internet, that even just like you know current uh, iterations of like you know social social media, whether it's Twitter or you know, message boards, like something awful or, or all these other kind of things sort of like are indebted or owe their sort of um, social infrastructure to the way that kind of RPG games were set up and that people kind of the, the, those early interactions informed a lot of the architecture of these platforms. Does that sound accurate? I, I, I think, I think it's the same. Yes. And I would, I would agree like, or I would say too, like, those like sort of like early like Usenet boards or whatever mm. that were often like focused around a certain topic, which to me is somewhat similar because, it, yeah, I, I would agree that I think a lot of people's sort of first social interactions on the internet, especially, came from RPG. The first time I ever used the internet alongside quote other people was when I was trying to play EverQuest when I was a really young kid, which was like a very like a uh, pretty early, uh, you know, internet game. But there was also like what was the other Ultima Online. And uh, I could see Young Chomsky going to unmute himself right now. What yeah. was the other one? There's another one too, right? I played Gemstone 3, which was text-based. Never heard that of that before one. EverQuest. But I was in the beta for EverQuest also. 
Mm. Uh, I would say you're. Even in, though I'm in a the, sigma. The, not no no. I would say you're in the beta <laughs> for the real world too. Got the mic. Got the mic. Well, um, my question. My, the reason I bring that up is because. So basically, I again correct me if I'm wrong. Gladly. Please. I know you. You never and, miss that and opportunity. Loudly, and loudly. <laughs> so when you go, to, we went into these games, these yeah. RPG games, mm-hmm. and you're socializing in there. Yeah. That the idea was that there was a quest, right? Yes. An and that you quest. were. And you were all working together to kind of like achieve the quest. In your guild, yes. In your guild. Okay. Yeah. I like that. In your guild. Okay. It's kind of like a podcast. <laughs> well, or it's like, a, you know, we call, you know, different Twitters or different TikToks or different Instagrams have their own little like kind of pause. You know, people talk about left Twitter or politics Twitter. MB- I talk about NBA Twitter, you know, whatever. And all of those spaces have these little worlds that they have all socially collectively built, right? Yes. Now, okay, just bear with me. Gladly. I was reading about these little RPG games. I love this. And- a smile to my face. <laughs> my Again, my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, is that basically... When the, that basically when there was a quest that everyone was getting involved in and they had this like objective and this like thing that they could like focus on, that everything was very like socially harmonious. But when there wasn't is when the like shit talking and craziness and, you know, total like, you know, Leroy let's say Jenkins. Cha- chaos reigned. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because it feels like now, you know, you have these social media websites that are not dissimilar in terms of like spaces, places where people come and meet and talk a bunch of shit in their own, again, in their own parlance and have created their own little worlds that have, I think, little sets of characters and different social hierarchies that everyone's kind of trying to gamify and one up and, you know, increase level up in their own way, right? Mm-hmm. Is that like without any kind of focus point, that one needs to be created, right? Yeah. And every day in these worlds, a new focus point needs to be created. And that is usually a person. Yeah. This is what people call the like main character of the day or whatever. And it's so fascinating because like this idea that every day there has to be this kind of like character that you reach for. The reason for that isn't for just like social cohesion and and harmony, although it is that. But because like people require like people require this kind of um foe or this 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 goal this antagonist in order to be able to define themselves in this world as their own protagonist they need something to define against and so every day like that that function demands that that antagonism be created and this is the function this is what we're seeing that's like what that that's what this is right yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's sort of one of the reasons that I stopped using most social media is because mm-hmm. I would I would like see you know whoever like the bad guy was and I would get oh I'm so mad about this I can't believe this guy <laughs> said this thing and I would just be mad uh, and you know I could be like why don't you uh, suck my dick fuck knuckle or so I've never said anything like that. Say those. I would never call another man. First of all, you wouldn't say it, but you wouldn't you wouldn't tweet it, is what you mean. But our Twitter it. is way better than that. Yeah, yeah. You would yeah, say well, something you, cooler. The tr- we, well, well, me and Young Chopsy do the true and on all Twitter, which is we just it's like we set it up several yeah. years ago, even before the podcast started, so that someone could eventually find it and be like, uh, why did True and on like only MILF tweets from 2013? <laughs> um anyways so i would get so steamed up and so mad and i would be like oh i hate you you little cretin and uh and and then i was like damn that's crazy i use a website that only exists to make me mad mm. and <laughs> that's it that's insane that i would do that and so i, I mean in the, the way that i was using it uh which is the way that a lot of people do i don't know it's 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 normal but uh it fucking yeah it's like you need this like a person to hate to sort of solidify these social bonds. Right. And mm-hmm. like the, the thing is like, and you know, like that's not like, again, that's like, that's not like a moral failing on any of the people that's doing it. It's, it's like the way that it's, it's set up. It's essentially the way that it's designed. But, but what I, I think about a lot is the fact that like 
a lot of, and I'm sure a lot of people, especially people who've been around political spaces, have met someone like this, and to an ex- extreme degree. Although there's a lot of people like this to a more minor degree, you know, the the way that you act to people uh, in, in in online and stuff it will naturally sort of spill out in your regular life, right? I mean, obviously, you're not going to go up to some guy you don't like on the street and be like, oh, you you want a uh, bench or whatever? Because they'd be like, why did you say the <laughs> like the lame way of saying bitch to me? Um, but, uh, but, but it does. It like, it, you know, and I, and I, Christ knows, I met a lot of miserable people. Uh, and I think a lot of those people's misery extends essentially from online. Because you know they're 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 sort of subjecting themselves to these constant um, like sort of update like that you know their fucking uh, software updates of like what to get really mad about and hate next and it's like yeah you know that shit sucks like a lot of shit is pretty stupid but like um, you know it's the it's the social incentives and sometimes market incentives on these websites that like really I, I think make people act in this way I mean you can see this with the West Elm Caleb shit like. It's like the the woman Kate has thirty affiliate links in her bio. That's an insane amount. That's a lot. And by the way, fellas, if you go on a date or ladies, anybody, if you go on a date and you're like, oh, you have Instagram, let me see your Instagram, and their Instagram is like, use my name as an affiliate link at Moon Juice. Uh, you should um, detonate the vest <laughs> right there and then. Take out, take out, take out. All of Cafe 101 or whatever, just blow it to smithereens. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's. Um, I think it drives people. I think people get nutty with it because of this stuff. This isn't just social media, though. That's what I keep going back to. Like this, you say it bleeds into real life, and I would say that that real life bleeds into social media. Like I think these platforms, like yes, incentivize and heighten. And I think fine tune and train this behavior. <laughs> so it does a lot of things, absolutely. But those, um, I think that that kind of general paranoia that we talked about at the beginning of the episode, yeah, you know, and that kind of like constant snitch society is like uh, both out inside and outside of social media, I guess. Yeah. And that there's a kind of underlying cruelty. Like, I don't know if I agree with, like, I'm, I'm not here to bash anybody. Like, I'm not saying it's a moral failing, but I do think that, like, some personal responsibility comes into oh, play yeah, here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, like, it is a question of, like, yeah, underlying all of this, I think, is this kind of, like, latent cruelty that, is always present in, you know, in capitalism, I think, in the kind of like, you know, we've talked about it when we've talked about the kind of like social sadism that essay by China Mieville or, you know, Bataille, he calls it the kind of excess, the kind of excess sadistic side mm-hmm. of that capitalism and it's like super profits creates this kind of like super excess of sadism and exploitation. But like, it's funny. I sent you earlier today this piece from the New York Times that was, I think it's like from a while, maybe like around New Year's. Um, but it was talking about how insane <laughs> everyone is towards service workers. Yeah. And basically how everybody is just completely and totally ready to lash out at everyone else, like at any given time. And I think that, you know, especially like thanks to the kind of, um, how to put this, the like blurry archipelago of the public private partnership that we call the American state. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of like amorphous sort of blob like thing that we call the state of America has, you know, with the pandemic, they basically deputized um, the entire like service industry to make everyone follow the rules. <laughs> and mm-hmm. those people are in charge, which is completely and totally not just irresponsible, but just insane from a public health and like social policy perspective. It's just completely insane. Um, and so the, this article was kind of, I think, a little bit in reaction to that. And in some of the sort of, um, you know, pandemic responses, they had this quote that was, employees are now having to take on unexpected roles, therapist, cop, conflict resolution, negotiator, there's a lack of outlets for people's anger. That person over there becomes a stand-in for everything coming between what we experience and what we think we are entitled to. 
And I think a couple of things about that quote are so spot on. One, this sort of like holy trinity of therapist, cop, and I wouldn't say conflict resolution, but I would say like compliance manager Yes, <laughs> is the sort of like... Um, that is the the id, the ego, and the superego of the American middle class at this point. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I, I don't know how else to say it, but like the American consumer now has to be satisfied at all costs. Yes. You know, and the way that pans out is like, there's this expectation. And I think it was pre, it's definitely post, it was certainly during the pandemic that the world should be totally frictionless. You know, this is like what we, we talked about this in our corporate Memphis episode, that, that like frictionless, easy blobby world that it shows and how, um, like really detrimental and dangerous that idea is. Um, but this idea that like ease and demand and everything that I want should be at my disposal at no cost, at no inconvenience at all times. And that goes for, by the way, I think you see that in West Elm Caleb, where these girls think that basically everyone should act like how I want them to act at all times, but I'm not beholden to any fucking rules at any time yeah. whatsoever, which is just yeah. a completely adolescent, childish, and just, um, it, it's an impossible way to interact with the world. Like you're setting yourself up for, just complete and total, I don't know, ruin is what I would think. But getting back to what I was saying, I mean, people think that all of this stuff, whether it's, um, you know, people or coffee or groceries or like, I like that lamp or I want that dress or, you know, it's a Netflix show or it's a news story or it's a podcast about a Netflix show, which is based on that news story, like should be mine at all times, no matter what, like, this is fucking America, bitch. And the consumer comes first, but like, no, no, (laughs) I'm sorry. Like this is awful. And like, you should not, you should resist this impulse. Um, Everything, every single thing gets evaluated through the lens of the consumer. And I'm saying that with like consumer with three, four or five O's, you know, people say, this isn't what I paid for. This isn't what I ordered. You're not, you're saying what I want. This isn't how I wanted it. Can I speak to your manager? Can I get you fired? Can I ruin your fucking life? It's completely and totally insane. And like, we think that, okay, well, these platforms and these things, like they incentivize us to do this. It's not my fault. Like, you know, oh, I'm not like that. I'm not that bad, whatever. You think I'm not talking about you. Like, I want to be clear. Like, I'm fucking talking about you. You know, like this is a condition of American life and you don't get to put yourself in bed at night being like, oh, um, life under capitalism, no ethical consumptions. Ha ha. Too bad. Oh, well, good night. Like, no, I do think that you have a responsibility and like a job to actively resist these impulses. And, And even if you don't have a job, like you should want to. These are bad impulses. Like. We talk. We were just talking about this off air. Like, I don't really tweet anymore. I don't know if anyone's noticed. Like, Young Chomsky has kind of stopped too. Brace, you don't even have a Twitter except for when you manage no. Mehmet to do the True Non one. Hosier like, does it now. <laughs> oh, oh, right. That's right. New year, new intern. But I do think, like, I don't know. I do think you should log off. You can say, like, and I don't mean it in the, like, oh, log off, like, get off the internet. But I mean, like, take a step back. You know, these impulses are fucking, whether you like it or not, like laser branded into your lizard brain. And it's your job, like as a human being to kind of work against that. There's like, um, there's a French concept, which yes, the French, unfortunately fascist, but they do have a helpful concept, which I won't say in French, but maybe we can get our good friend Michael Judge to say it. Il faut donner du temps au temps. But it means you must give time to time. And I really like this concept, which is basically says like you need to like slow down. <laughs> Let shit unfold, pause, you know, listen, observe, think, give people time to talk, like chill the fuck out, be nice. Stop snitching, 
don't gaslight, don't gatekeep, don't fucking girl boss. You know, there was something there was something we talked about earlier where I think that uh, West Elm Caleb is like the first truly perfect great reset romance. Um, mm, oh because yeah, <laughs> all of these behaviors, like you know, we we did those great reset episodes a while ago, and all of these behaviors, I think, like this is great. This is like the great reset, <laughs> you know, and in in sort of the in the both the larger sense and also in the individual sense, is that people's social patterns have absolutely totally been uh changed in almost every single way over the past couple decades and it's really something that's like difficult to put your head around or and once you do it's really difficult to grapple with um there's a there's a design concept called the infinite scroll which is like you know how like you used to have to click on stuff you still do on some websites but like now you could just like keep going down and sometimes you always see those people like doing it at cafes mm-hmm. and shit, like that giant fucking motion <laughs> that they do this sort of, it's like it's like a pussy zig heil like you know I'm, I'm i'm doing it the listeners can't see it um but you know to me like it's like the the entire experience of using the internet is just one giant infinite scroll with like endless content and on your journey down this fucking scroll is you meet some of the most reprehensible fucking people on the planet. Uh, you make yourself deliriously angry basically every single day. You learn basically nothing except for like generally like a few disconnected factoids, uh, unless that's like your sole purpose of being on the internet. Uh, you get filled with hatred every couple of seconds. Useless hatred too. You hatred that you don't even put anywhere because you're sitting in your fucking bed. Uh, probably you do bad stuff. You might say weird stuff all the while while like your peers, both hidden ones and ones that like, you know, you maybe interact with openly are watching you from the fucking shadows to basically take pictures with their little fucking, you know, their little screenshots until one day on that infinite scroll, you basically hit a tripwire and you explode and something really bad happens to you. And then everybody else who's on this journey with you sort of just continues right through it until the one day that they hit their own little tripwire there. And so like, yeah, Caleb's ticket got punched a couple of weeks ago in a, in a sort of small way. Some of these broads tickets got punched too. My ticket's been punched. Everybody's ticket's been punched at some point. And that's the fucking crazy thing, is if there was something else that you did in your life that made you so consistently miserable on such a consistent basis, every single person you know would be like, you should stop doing that. Instead of this, it's like, you're insane if you don't. Um, and and I, I, I mean, that's that's just sort of, sort of what, what astounds me about all of this. Um and the whole thing is like you're navigating between these little bargains that you're making. It's like, oh, I can I can maybe like sort of make a new friend who's like name I don't know or whatever uh, in exchange for me like being shown some of the most like horrific things in the entire universe in the history of mankind. Uh, and in Caleb's case, you know, you can waste a ton of time on dating apps, uh, making yourself and other people miserable until one day you get canceled. By some of those repugnant hoes in Brooklyn. <laughs> it's all these little bargains that you're making. Um, yeah. And frankly, it seems not worth it. Well, such small portions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why Grindr is the only real dating app. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to spend the next 17 hours on my phone playing. Uh, I'm back on Farmville. <laughs> return, return to tradition. Yeah. Well, it's, that it's, meme it's, fell off. No one says that anymore. Well, people, everyone returned to tradition. No one has to oh, do it. Oh, damn. Yeah, we're all back there. Oh, we're back. Yeah. No, I've been. Dude, you kidding me? I've been throwing discus for hours today. That's why I'm all sweaty and shirtless. There's a bunch of naked discus. guys in here. Yeah, I'm playing discus. You don't play discus. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it a game? <laughs> no, 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 no. Is it? Is it? Is discus a game? No. Discus isn't a game. It's just in the Olympic Games. So it's, it's itself is not a game. Oh my god. 
I okay, hate so this. I'll, I hate when you we, do this. We gotta write these Olympic. Uh, this God, you this know is, it's the Olympics this week or next week. Is it? Yeah. Regular ones or winter, Beijing twenty twenty two. Oh, not interested. Yeah, They're, but yeah, that's why. Is it that's why I told bullshit? I told you no one should be worried about Russia and Ukraine because it's the Olympics. Yeah, that's true. Well, they should be worried about them because Liz is going tomorrow. <laughs> We're sending her to the front lines right there. Uh, we didn't tell. We didn't tell them she's wait Polish. to the Olympics or to Ukraine. Liz is being embedded in the... Oh, yeah. We're sending you to the Olympics. Just don't look at the plane ticket. We're sending Liz to hang out with the Olympic team of Ukraine. Um, uh, at, at, it's, oh, it's, my uh, God. It's like near this. It's, it's, no, it's great. It's right by the sea. It's really warm there. Uh, it's right near the Mediterranean. <laughs> Some have called Ukraine the gateway to the Mediterranean. In fact, many, most call it that. Anyways, let's shut this shit down. I'm Liz. My name is Brace. We are, of course, joined by West Elm Chomsky, and the podcast is called True and On. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.